welcome to Smart Career Planning, a podcast that discusses anything and maybe everything that goes into planning a smart career journey. I'm your host, Helen Chow. This is our sixth episode and our third episode of a five-series podcast titled, What Are You Looking For? But before I start talking about our guests, um, I want to take some time to share this with all of you. I need your help. I really want to prioritize this podcast, especially when I see month over month, I'm seeing a huge increase in download, two to three fold sometimes. Uh, what that tells me is, well, number one, it's very gratifying to see increase in downloads, but it also tells me that maybe some of the information I'm presenting here means something to you and you want to follow it. Since you're making a commitment to listen to my podcast, I want to make a commitment to all of you by letting you know that I will be rolling out new content every other Wednesday. So it's going to be twice a month and both of those times is going to happen on a Wednesday. By the time this podcast goes live, it should be Wednesday, May 4th, which means the following podcast will go live on May 18th. You may be wondering, why do I want to do this? Why do I want your help and, and putting it out there? Because if I don't ask you for help, if I'm not asking you to hold me accountable, there's only a 50% chance it's going to happen. Um, so by putting it out there, I know you will do it for me. <laughs> um, if by if for whatever reason on May 18th, you don't see a new episode coming out, uh, please do email me. Hold me accountable. I can be reached at Helen at interviewrightconsulting.com. Now, back to this episode. Our guest speaker, Claire Bautista, is the talent acquisition manager at a startup company here in San Francisco. Um, if you listened to my previous episode, I included a disclaimer, but just in case this is your first time downloading, listening to my podcast, I'm going to repeat myself. Please do know that the content in this show is strictly our individual opinions, which means they're not opinions of my clients um, or Claire's clients um, or companies that either one of us have worked for or currently work for. Um, now, I hope you do enjoy this episode, and here you go, Claire Bautista. Hi, Claire. Hi, Helen. Good. Well, thank you so much for making time to speak with me and the audience. Um, I would love to make an introduction of you, but I think you'll be a much better person to talk about your experience. So why don't you maybe um, tell us about yourself, what you do, and how to get to this point in your career? Sure. So um, I am the talent acquisition manager at Echo Technology Solutions, which is an integrated technology services company in San Francisco. Um, as far as recruitment, I've been recruiting since 2010, which is when I got my start in the in the um, in the field. And as far as uh, growth to where I am now, it all kind of happens serendipitously. I actually was recruiting initially for. Um, internal positions at a hospitality staffing company, and then also for hospitality positions. And then now I'm focused on um, technology positions and generally just as the corporate recruiter, everything across the board. So that includes sales, marketing, and so on. Good, good, good. Now, that, that's kind of interesting. Um, for the hospitality business, do you um, were you mainly recruiting uh, the the service uh, the service type people like the caterers, or were you doing more of the back end office recruitment stuff? It was a combination of both. So it was the catering people, the catering staff, and then it was um, 
you know, chefs to of all levels for um, restaurants and then for all the um, companies for corporate dining. And then I was also doing the recruitment for our internal positions. So I actually had started at the company as the, technically, I guess, the first official recruiter there. Um, And it was a much smaller company in the beginning. And over time, it grew. So we had a team of recruiters. But at the kind of beginning of my career there, I was sort of recruiting for a little bit of everything. Good. Do you, is there a difference to you um, when it comes to process or what you're looking for between the hospitality business and the tech industry? Is there, is there a difference to you? Yes. Um, I think there's similarities, definitely, but it's very different in that for hospitality, a lot of the positions I was recruiting for, let's say on the front of the house um, positions, so that would be like catering staff, uh, service staff. It was a lot of high volume recruitment. So it was really just about interfacing with as many people as possible, going to hiring fairs, um, putting together ways or events so that you could meet as many people as possible. And then uh, for the current positions that I have, it's a little bit more focused recruiting. And I could say that probably goes for the um, kind of going back to the hospitality for recruiting chefs too, is a little bit more focused. So making the shift into um, technology, it's, more of just trying to find the skills that you're looking for and then find the company culture, but you're going to spend a lot more time on each candidate and on each um, role than you would, let's say, for a hospitality position. Good. Now, how do you, and this is something I, I personally am pretty curious about um, because my, my opinion and my journey is just mine, right? Um, so I also started out um, doing more of the, um, you know, massive group interfacing, going to career fair, recruiting students actually to go into teaching. And then afterwards, I was doing more of the focused recruitment, um, which is, is actually nursing doing nursing, managers, nursing directors, and then now in the tech industry. Um, and I, for me, I feel like I have to really develop a taste of people in each of those categories, um, recruiting students to go into teaching. What I'm looking for is very different from, uh, from nursing, which is also very different from technology. For you, how, how do you fine-tune that taste of people um, or the nose of someone's talents uh, when the industry is so different? I think there are, though there are a lot of differences between um, candidates in hospitality versus technology, there are a lot of very similar things that I do look for. Um, Because Echo is a company of consultants, essentially we have people who are working with multiple clients. There is a level of, I guess, best way to describe it is of just this tenacity and hustle and being able to juggle multiple things at once and stepping into um, sort of an ambiguous sort of chaotic situation and creating order out of it. And I think that applies too for hospitality positions. So you're really looking for people who have just the high aptitude, ability to handle high levels of stress, um, to step into a situation without much um, structure or let's say much oversight and really being able to create um, order and make progress in, in that kind of a situation. So that's the kind of, um, those are the kinds of things that I do look for that I'd say universally apply to all industries, mm-hmm. but there are definitely some differences, as you'd mentioned for the technology, excuse me, technology positions versus the, um, the hospitality positions and even the non-tech positions. So even for the sales positions or let's say, um, for an operations position or HR, there's going to be very 
very um, different things that I'll be looking for in terms of what each person is going to uh, bring to the table and skills and then also in their, the way that they're going to fit into the, the company dynamic. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to look out for that. Good. Um, you alluded to something a little bit earlier, which is um, about how you know the, the steps or ways you go about recruiting different types of candidates. Um, now, for the tech industry, what is your process like when it comes to filling positions? I'd say that what I find to be more successful for me is I, I can't really rely so much on um, job boards or posting jobs, although I do find great candidates that way too. For the most part, I really have to find uh, seek out candidates myself. Um, also because Echo itself, we're still kind of, you know, we're growing as a company. We're still um, building our brand. We're kind of getting ourselves out there. We don't have quite the same um, presence that, let's say, a really large company has. So it's really about going and being visible. So I, I still do go to job fairs, even if it's just for pure visibility purposes and not necessarily to get a ton of candidates from. But um, it's really just a LinkedIn, I'd say, um, online internet sleuthing and trying to find, you know, um, resumes online. Um, I rely a lot on referrals and that's referrals from, um, colleagues, um, you know, connections in the industry and then also from employees. So it's really just about kind of getting the word out and having um, people refer or identify for you who you think would be a good fit. Good. Great. So when it comes to going after individuals on LinkedIn, what are some of the traits you look for? I like to see clear-cut growth and a diversity of experience. So LinkedIn profiles and resumes are essentially telling the story of your professional journey and are very revealing because it shows the way a person is choosing to tell that story. So to clarify, when I say diversity, I don't necessarily mean moving from job to job, but rather identifying a clear progression in your career. So maybe you had a generalist type role in a small company and then I see that you moved into a more focused role in a larger, a larger company, um, or maybe you were in a company, one company for a really long time, and then started in a client-facing engineer role, but throughout the course of your time at this company, you grew into a more technical, behind-the-scenes type of role. So as a recruiter, I fill in the blanks when I speak to candidates, and I like to see if their version, once we talk, is aligned to mine. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Um, I think for me, uh, there there are times where, you know, there are different stories. Um, certain companies, they are known for um, training their people a certain ways. Um, so say, for example, for me, um, salespeople, if they start out working for a place like Xerox or ADP, which is known for really training their people pounding the pavement, going after numbers. And then on their LinkedIn profile, they talk about their metrics, their success, and then they transition into more of a software sales industry. That is really appealing. So I I really see your point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and even if you see someone that worked maybe in a smaller company and then moved to a bigger company and then, you know, has moved back to a smaller company or, or is applying for a position at your company, or I guess my company, which is a little bit smaller, then mm-hmm. I can kind of put some pieces together as to what their experience was. I know that it's very different in a, a smaller startup versus going into a larger company. And you can kind of see that they have probably a, a larger um, breadth of experience as a result of having that experience in both. 
Yeah, and that's also a really good conversation started for me too. Like even for, on the just pure hunting side, seeing that story, if someone worked for a smaller company for about two years and transitioned back to a bigger company or from big company, transitioned to two roles, couple of years in a smaller company, that calls for such a great conversation. Like how's that experience for you? What were you doing? How many hats were you wearing? What was that learning curve like? I think it's all of those things are they're very attractive to a hiring manager to recruiters. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. Mm -hmm. Now, how about an in-person interview? Um, what do you or your hiring managers typically look for during an in-person interview or even a phone interview? Well, so during, I guess I can speak on the in-person interview. Um, so what we usually do is we have um, our hiring managers that it'll be a combination of um, the direct manager for that department someone from another department, um, maybe someone from a technology team to, to drill down a little bit further on um, technical um, like technical aptitude for that person. But we try to get a sense of um, where that person kind of fits in in the company. And mainly, I know some of the things that we look for consistently are um, in their work history, if they've been in a situation where they've, you know, had major challenges or had to persevere through a lot of, of chaos. And I know that I've brought up chaos multiple times, but in a growing company, there's so many things that are, there's so many moving pieces and there's so many things that are always kind of in, in flux and evolving. Um, and it's nice to see when you have a candidate come in that they've had this kind of experience and are really adaptable and are able to navigate through this or have, have shown that they've navigated through these kinds of um, shifts and changes in their career. Because you can see that they can kind of take on any, um, any challenge that comes their way. Mm -hmm. Good. Now, what are some of the traits you've seen are turnoffs for a hiring manager, especially after passing your screening? Um, it can be, you know, when, when it comes to speaking with a hiring manager, it can be in person, can be over the phone. What are some of the traits that turn hiring managers off? So I guess before going straight into what turns the hiring managers off, I should start really with the candidates um, and sort of their psychological state throughout the process, throughout the interview process, because I have seen a couple cases where candidates have really shined during a phone interview with me and then really froze up and weren't able to be their best self during the in-person um, or even during the second conversation with the hiring manager. So during the entire interview process, um, I understand candidates are in a really vulnerable state since during this time they feel that every action being made is being heavily scrutinized, and the truth is that it is. So I feel that part of my role in qualifying a candidate involves making sure they're comfortable being themselves when they have their first conversation with me so that they can articulate their experience with more ease. And so we build a lot of rapport during this initial call. So by the time they get to the hiring managers for that first interview, and especially for the first in-person interview, what I've seen happen is I've seen people really freeze up and um, I've sat in on several interviews and was actually sitting in probably like my first few months um, of working at Echo. And I know that people, I've seen people in positions where I know for a fact they can elaborate more on certain parts of their background or experience more so than they are. So um, in that position, I have the advantage of being able to prompt that, but I don't sit in on those interviews anymore. And when I do those um, re recapping kind of inter or I'm sorry uh, meetings after the interview with the hiring managers. Sometimes the feedback I get uh, it sounds like the person may have gotten intimidated or froze up or didn't really know exactly how they were going to answer the question the second time around. So I've seen hiring managers turned off not necessarily because of 
the candidate, but all, but because of the fact that they didn't get the full picture of that person. That's such a really good tip um, or good tips for for the listeners. Now, before we wrap up, what suggestions and recommendations would you have for our listeners, especially if they go into before they go into an interview in person or over the phone? What recommendations do you have for them? Recommendations I have are just understanding that the interview process, you're interviewing the um, employer as much as they're interviewing you. So doing your research, going on the company website, reading Glassdoor reviews, learning everything you possibly can and knowing that you're coming from that that sort of perspective of you are also trying to figure out if this is a place that's going to be a great fit for you will allow you to be really confident going into each interview or each stage of the interview process. Knowing exactly what skill sets you have that can be of value for that particular company what are some of the things that they're focusing on? What do you see um, as a direction that they're going? Do you have something that you can add to that? Or you, do you fit in with the goals that they have? And really being able to identify those things before you go in for your interview so that you can see yourself if you're going to be a good match for them or if they're going to be a good match for you. Is this the career path that you want to take with that particular company? And I think that coming from that perspective, it takes away some of maybe the intimidation or the nervousness because then you come in knowing that you have a lot of value stepping in and that, you know, if you, if it doesn't work out, maybe part of the reason has nothing to do with you and your performance during the interview, but maybe it's just not a direct fit for what that company is looking for at that moment. And if it's a company you're really interested in working for, just even if it doesn't work out during that first interview, continue keeping up with the company, following their progress, and maybe an opportunity will pop up in the future for you there after you've now acquired the skills and sort of tailored your background to, to actually have a place within that company. Those are really great points, Claire. Um, one thing I'd like to add to is performance measurement, um, making sure as you are planning out what questions to ask, um, making sure ask, you know, what, how do you define success and, um, making sure that they're feasible, understanding what technologies they have, what kind of infrastructure uh, infrastructures they have, and support they're willing to provide. And if, if they're not able to provide a lot of support, do you have resources in your own network? And have you, um, have you provided that gap in your previous positions to provide that level of support in order for you to be successful? Um, so that's definitely one thing I'd like to recommend as well. Thank you so much for your time, Claire. Um, I thoroughly enjoy my conversation with you, and I know the, the audience will feel the same way too. Thanks, Helen. Likewise, I really enjoyed talking about this with you too. Great. Now, um, I'm pretty sure everyone wants to get in touch with you and have questions for you. How can they reach you? Well, best way to reach me is I really welcome everyone to email me. I'm really um, reachable that way. It's cbautista at echots.com. They can actually just reach out to me directly. Um, if they are interested in learning more about opportunities that we have, they can visit our website, check out our careers page. Um, and if they want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Claire Bautista. And how do you spell the name of your company? Oh, sure. It's echots.com. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much. I will talk to you again very soon. Thank you. I hope you find information Claire shared helpful. This is three of the five episodes I have for us. If there are specific topics you'd like to learn more about, please send you know, send it to me um, 
Again, I can be reached at Helen at interviewrightconsulting.com. For our next podcast, our guest, Alan Bailey, he is the Director of Recruitment at Eaton Human Capital Solutions. Alan has over a decade of recruitment experience and has recruited for many different job functions. He'll be sharing with us what he looks for in a winner candidate. Until then, stay tuned, have a great rest of the week, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.